podcast the last episode described how Guru Gobind Singh was appointed how he was anointed guru by all the clans of the Sikh communities chapter 6 now begins describing how the masands the leaders of congregations were in such bliss they were bringing with them offerings they would walk up and lay them down in front of the guru while bowing down hands clasped first before anybody else the house of baba buddha ji came and placed down the finest of the stad material which on four sides of the material they had embroidered in it all sorts of priceless diamonds and jewels the jiga or tiara that was presented it was glistening gloriously it was embedded with jewels and gems such stunning bright diamonds and pearls were embedded within it as well the beautiful kalgi from baba buddha ji's house was fastened to the guru's dastar along with a very expensive hawk which was placed on the guru's arm Then the clans of the Bedis, the Trehans, the Polas, they all came bringing with them beautiful clothing and jewelry. The Masands of the various regions came. They were laying down offerings brought from their constituencies. There was such a heap of offerings now laid out. For the pleasure of the Guru, they were placing them down in front while yelling out jakare battle cries, creating an atmosphere of bliss amongst everybody. After offering these items, the Adasya six would then take the names of those who donated these items and recite them out loud for the guru to hear prashad was distributed while the distributors were taking the name of the guru giving it out to thousands at that time wherever the congregations had set up the six sent out prashad to those areas there amongst the divan there was shabd kirtan being sung by the rababis and to them great amounts of clothing and wealth was given as well when the dadis were reciting just even one stanza one body they were given such vast amounts of grants that they were eternally satisfied all the parts the singers and other dancers the true guru gave out money to all of them as well including giving out charities to the brahmans everybody there gave out their blessings to the guru saying it out loud and wherever there were any of these unfortunate people or beggars you could hear the praise of the guru they were saying Who but the guru would be so generous? The ruler gives out charity fulfilling everybody's inner desire. The entire world receives charity from your hand, O Guru Gobind Singh. And at that time a group of sadhus came into the darbar, bowing down and blowing the ransinga, these are very large horns and trumpets as well they were blowing, while also blowing conches. They were looking with great bliss at the guru. Pai Veer Singh in his publication glosses this verse saying that Santokh Singh here is indicating that this group of sadhus, of holy men, were of the Odasi Sampradaya, being a group associated with Guru Nanak Dev Ji's son Baba Sri Chand. So the Guru's kalgi, his plume remained high and stout, glistening with his bushel of pearls along with diamonds. Around the Guru, whisks were flying over and over, just like a swan flying around the Guru's head. Many were standing from afar watching this great sight other countless six were seated all of them their eyesight was just stuck on the guru like a partridge bird looking at the moon spontaneously everybody's heart was captured like a lotus flower blossoming when seeing the sun for about 3 hours the divan went on like this everybody remaining there everybody's desires were fulfilled 
and in the appropriate manner, Guru Gobind Singh respected and honored all the Bedis, along with the sons, the Mahants, the Masans, the congregations, bestowing to them great happiness and liberation. In receiving everybody from all sides, then Guru Gobind Singh got up, holding his bow. He looked so glorious. Guru Gobind Singh, with his uncle Mama Karpalchand, left that area, where there were great amounts of Sikh congregations gathered there. Guru Gobind Singh and Karpalchand were going through the alleyways of Anandpur Sahib where the congregation was standing, clasping their hands together, watching the Guru before bowing down. And slowly and slowly, the Guru and Karpalchan made their way back to their residence. At that point, they dismounted off their horses and went inside. Guru Gobind Singh saw both his mother, Mata Gujri, and grandmother, Mata Nanaki, first bow down to Mata Nanaki, who saw the splendor of her grandchild and was in awe. Her heart was filled with such joy all the worry and anxiety of her mind was now dispelled. She sat him close to her and kissed Guru Gobind Singh's forehead and blessed her grandchild with some money, offering it over the Guru's head. She sent him out, telling him, Give this money to the needy, so you may receive their pure blessings. She was remembering the wise words of her husband, Guru Hargobind, the words from a very long time ago, that she would see the great glory of her grandson, who will destroy the great vile ones and will spread the pristine name of Guru Nanak magnifying it greatly and beautifully across the world. In remembering these words of her husband, she was so happy. And over and over again, she would look to the Guru's face, her grandson, Guru Gobind Singh. She would caress his head, giving her great bliss and dispelling her grief. Then Guru Gobind Singh bowed down to his mother, Mata Gujri, who said to him, This time is blessed. She also gave money to him over his head. Within her chest, a cooling calmness had now arrived. She was filling up with great happiness. In this way, Guru Gobind Singh spent time with his mothers before then heading to another room. The cooks had made various types of food of all sorts of varieties and flavors. Deliciously flavored, they were placed in front of the Guru and exquisitely plated on the plate with savory, salty, sweet foods. They had covered the plate while bringing it out and had placed it on a chonki, an eating platform, where the Guru would eat. Guru Gom Singh, eating it, found it so delicious and gave the chef a great amount of money. The chef was so happy with his generous gift that he recited the great praise of the Guru wherever he would go within the congregation. Afterwards, the communal kitchen began distributing food. Whoever came to that was satisfied eating this greatly delicious food. There was no shortage or end to this food, even though it cost a great amount to produce. It was lunchtime now when this food was being distributed and a great amount of people came to eat. This continued on until evening, with Sikh congregations just flowing in. Day and night, this was the routine, the tradition that continued, and every day the congregation would increase in numbers. As the domestic and foreign regions heard of the news that Guru Gobind Singh now received the title of Guru, Sikhs and droves were coming to see the Guru. The Guru gave out sropas accordingly to all the Masans who were deserving and who were praiseworthy, and in the same way he would give out sropas to the Sikhs, calling them forward, they would receive them and then would bow down before heading home. People of all castes were flowing in. In all regions, it was now known. The tenth guru had taken form. His father had given his head to destroy the house of the Turks. Across the oceans, to the islands, and the villages, and the cities, wherever there was Sikhi flourishing, there people heard the news and they were excited in their heart. The groups of these congregations would arrive there in Anandpur Sahib. Some were coming along the path and greeting others who were leaving. They would ask in delight about the Guru. 
how their meetings went. Some were speaking of the great praise of the Guru, others were listening in awe, and in remembering the Guru, they would bow down to those Sikhs who were telling those stories. They would say, Guru Tegh Bahadur was like the earth, filled with determination and fortitude, an ocean of miraculous powers who bears the unbearable. His feats cannot be accomplished by any other. Who but the ninth pinnacle of the Sodhi clan could perform such an act of sacrifice? Now their son, who is the very embodiment of strength and luster, even at a young age, displays such splendor. No one can conceptualize the state of the Guru. The entire world looks at them in shock. In this way, amongst the congregation, they were speaking such praise. In these conversations and meetings between the six who were coming and going, the congregations were flowing in from all four directions into Anandpur Sahib, setting up their camp and sitting in rows for the communal kitchen. When the great congestions of congregations would occur, then a Sikh, a servant, would go tell the Guru, Oh Guru Gobind Singh, there's a great gathering requesting your darshan, divine sight. The Guru would strap up in his finest clothes, his weapons on his body, he would have a karag sword while holding his bow and arrows in his hands, and then would arrive. They would arrive at the throne where the congregation would then see them. The Ardasya Sikh would comb through the congregation amongst the foreign Sikh encampments and would tell them, the Guru has now arrived at the throne. Obtaining the darshan destroys all sins. The desirous ones should arrive there, obtaining the great fruit from this human life, having all their desires fulfilled there while reciting your request to the Guru. And in this way, the Ardasya Sikh gave the news to the congregations, and they swelled up with love listening to this. They quickly gathered all their nice clothing and offerings and reached towards the Guru. They would offer these down while bowing down to the beautiful lotus-like feet of the Guru. The Guru's beautiful face looked like the moon or looked like a lotus flower blossoming in the morning. They would obtain the darshan and have great bliss sprout up in their heart. Standing in front of the Guru with both hands clasped, many of the Sikhs then obtained permission from the Guru and then sat close to them. And this ends chapter 6. In the next chapter, we're going to hear about the discussion the Guru has with Sikhs who have arrived from Delhi. So that's what we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>